Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain, Sierra says, save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat-up old running shoes, Sierra says, save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery, well, then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to the Bike Radar podcast. Brought to you from the team behind Cycling Plus, MBUK and BikeRadar.com. Hello and welcome to the Bike Radar podcast. I'm Jack Luke, and today I am joined by Simon Bromley. And today we're going to cover off some of the key news stories from this week on Bike Radar. Before we get stuck in, though, I should say I'm recording from home, as we all have been for the past year, and I'm very sorry if you hear lots of banging in the background because my neighbours are currently exploring the outer limits of percussive decorating, so I have no choice but to put up with it. Anyway, Simon, let's dive straight in. You've been doing a little bit of digging into early season races and pulled out the juiciest nuggets of tech out there. Talk us through them. Yeah, well, you know me, Jack. You know, I love a pro race. And of course, I love to watch the racing itself. But I think one of the real joys of the early season races is kind of looking for the, the new tech that, you know, brands may not have officially launched yet, but they're using the kind of professional riders to test and kind of, you know, get some, get some rider feedback and, uh, you know, maybe even break them on the kind of the cobblestones and the harsh rough roads so that they can do a little bit of feedback and, you know, improve them before they get to us kind of, you know, more important people who are the consumers. <laughs> um, if you read the article, sadly, we didn't spot new Dura Ace, which is, I think, what every cycling journalist in the world is hoping to be the first person to spot this year. But um, that hasn't happened yet. But yeah, there was a couple of other things. I mean, the, fir the first one that, you know, kind of we all thought was most interesting was that Specialized told us that the De Kerning Quickset team are using clinchers on the cobbles. Now, they've had some kind of previous experience playing about with different tyre tech. And just for those of you that don't know, 
Traditionally, road racers or pro road racers will stick with tubular tires or sew-ups, and that's a kind of one-piece tire and tube combo which is glued onto the rim. Wildly impractical, largely uh, <laughs> everyone's agreed that it is in fact not any faster than a clincher, uh, but people still use them as a majority in the road racing world, but things are changing a little bit. Yeah, and I think, you know, the traditional reason people have liked tubulars, aside from the fact that, you know, people thought they had a better ride quality and all that stuff, is because the wheels are lighter because you don't have to have a kind of hooked or a straight straight wall rim. And pros love things that are lightweight. So they've kind of been, you know, they've not wanted to change. We've talked about this loads. But yeah, I think everyone, certainly from the industry side of things, thought that tubeless was kind of, you know, going to take over very quickly. And indeed, you know, brands like Specialized were telling us this in 2019 that tubeless was about to take over. So it's kind of interesting that Specialized has recently released two sets of wheels, which is the uh, the Roval Rapid CLX and the Roval Alpinist CLX, which are clincher only. And Specialized says that its testing shows that the fastest wheel and tire combination in the real world, in inverted commas, is the uh, Rovell Rapid CLX wheels with its turbo cotton clincher tires. Now, those are a lovely, lovely 320 or so TPI cotton tire with a, a, a tiny thin bit of tread over it. And I, you know, I'm sure it is very fast indeed. They, they won't be using standard butyl tubes, will they? They're more likely going to be using uh, latex tubes, I would assume. I'm not so sure. I mean, in the testing data that Specialized gave us, it did say a Specialized turbo in a tube. But if the teams have, you know, if the mechanics have access to latex in the tubes, they are a few watts faster. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure that's something they thought about. I mean, one thing that is interesting is that they said a few of the riders have uh, elected to use the Specialized, uh, I think it's the Tubeless Turbo Air Rapid tire. And that's the tubeless tire, but obviously they're running it as, uh, as clinchers because the rims are not tubeless compatible. So that's the kind of interesting one. I wonder if that's just because it's a slightly more robust tire and some of the more conservative riders who are worried about punctures, for example, don't want to go with the really supple clincher. But yeah, it might just be that they prefer the ride feel. And you uh, sounded out the end of that little section by saying you were delighted to once again have an opportunity to kick this by now thoroughly dead horse. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, when our editor comes to me and says they want me to write a kind of tech piece, you know, it's rim versus disc rates, it's tubeless versus clinchers, you know, <laughs> I won't let these cliches die. No, and for good reason. Well, you know, if pros can't make their mind up, then we'll keep stoking that fire for a bit longer. Um, secondly, maybe less uh, substantive than than actual tech changes, but there's been some pretty tasty bikes on show at all of the early season races so far. Yeah, and I think, you know, we love a custom paint job here. And I think us two in particular and, and some of the other writers of Bike Radar were constantly bemoaning the kind of sea of matte black carbon bikes. So it's always great to see some uh, custom paint jobs. And my favourite one was Elise Chabiz, uh of Team Canyon Sram. She's the Swiss national champion and she had a beautiful red and white uh, Canyon Road CFR. And, but also the team issue bikes for uh, Team Canyon Ceram are kind of painted in this purple and pink kind of starry night colour scheme and they just look fantastic. So big kudos to Canyon for making some nice paint jobs. Yeah, big kudos to brands who are brave enough to use a jazzy paint job because one, we'll talk about it. Two, you stand out. And three, it's fun. And we like fun. Absolutely. Uh, now the next one. Now, Simon, 
I have to say, I would never have noticed these things uh, until you started at Bike Radar, but you've got quite a BDI for spotting out non, we'll call it non-team issue tech. And there's one brand in particular that's been uh, notable by being specced by a lot of brands. Um, do you want to do you want to spill the beans? Yeah, and I, like you say, I'm sure some of these team sponsors, are, you know, kind of won't be too happy about us pointing this out. And a lot of this kit is unbranded as a result. But I, I'm pretty sure. So the the brand with you know we're kind of talking about is the uh, UK based brand Aero Coach, and uh, you know they've been on the kind of UK time trial scene for quite a few years, but in the last couple of years specifically, they've they've kind of started working with quite a few pro teams. And at the UAE Tour time trial this year, I spotted their kit on no fewer than four pro teams. So, you know, they're obviously doing very well. And so they make a kind of range of wheels, kind of armrest extensions, those sorts of things. You know, all things that kind of make you go fast, but they also offer consultancy services for, you know, testing the rolling resistance of racing tires, bike fits, all of those things. So, you know, it's all about optimization and marginal gains. And clearly, you know, all of these World Tour teams want a slice of that pie. And you're obviously spending all of your wages uh, paying for their consultancy so you can win our local uh, Wednesday night time trial league. <laughs> it's on the list. I'm saving up for it. You know, I guess the problem is if, you know, the prices are probably going to go up. If all of these teams are having to pay for it, then, you know, they might as well raise their prices. But um, yeah, it's, you know, it's certainly, certainly good value stuff, I'm sure. Yes, well, I look forward to seeing you zipping around with their uh, stealthily logoed up wheels and maybe like, <laughs> what is it, a two and a half grand set of uh, TT extensions, something like that? Yeah, so those those are the ones that uh, Filippo Ganna had custom made for his uh, individual pursuit world record. Very, very expensive. I, I don't quite think my wages will stretch to those, but they also do some sort of slightly cheaper options as well. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Now, this one is on a very similar tack. I remember you talked about this last year, actually. Mm. Um, I, I, I don't really know what to say, Simon. I don't know how you pick these things out or why you spend your weekends doing so. But anyway, um, Team Enios Grenadiers uh, have been doing something that will probably be quite quickly banned by the UCI. Yeah, so I talked about this, as you say, last year to us, and I and I asked around because obviously, you know, I wasn't sure, but I had an idea what it was. And, and basically, uh, after the 2018 Tour de France, where Team Sky, as they were called then, uh, dominated the uh, opening time trial, I think maybe three or four of their riders finished in the top 10. Uh, you know, a lot of the teams got very exercised by these skin suits that they were wearing, which had kind of... I guess they were kind of silicon dimples, uh, kind of applied to the arms, and the like idea a, like is like a reverse of a golf ball, kind of. Yeah, the, exactly that. The reverse of a golf ball, and the idea is that it um, helps manage the airflow around the arm. The arm is a kind of you know, it's a round cylinder sticking out in the wind. It's a bluff body, as an aerodynamicist would say, and so anything you can do to kind of help improve the efficiency. I'm so sorry, Sam. I'm going to dive in. I just I thought of a great joke that I have to say. You, you know, an aerodynamicist would call it a bluff body, but you call yours a buff body. <laughs> I don't think anyone's ever called my body a buff body. <laughs> God, I couldn't resist. I'm sorry. I felt itchy. That's okay. Yeah. Um, so anything you can kind of do to help improve the airflow around those kind of cylindrical things is obviously going to make you go faster. And so but the UCI has, you know, itchy feet about these sorts of things. And when it sees an innovation, it loves to ban it. So, <laughs> uh, so it did. It banned it straight away. And, and, you know, there were other suits like it, like Endura's, Endura's encapsulator skin suit, which was worn by uh, Movistar, 
had sort of similar things on it. And um, so that was banned as well. And, and so now the rule is basically you can't have surface roughness modifications larger than a millimeter in size. So I think the way that Team Ineos Grenadiers are getting around this is to use a very thin skin suit and then have a base layer with very pronounced ridges on the arms underneath that skin suit so that it essentially modifies the skin suit into taking that intended shape. Now, like you say, there's, there's currently, you know, as far as I can see, and, and clearly because, you know, Team Ineos Grenadiers are being allowed to do this, there's no rule against base layers with surface roughness modifications larger than a millimeter. But if you're sitting there thinking, oh, this sounds like a loophole, yes, it does. And yeah, now that I've reported it, will the UCI ban it? I mean, that would be hilarious, but I'm also very sorry, Team Ineos Grenadiers, if that happens. I, I just, I think, what a crap, you'd have to put it on your LinkedIn. You'd say, I <laughs> single-handedly had a UCI rule changed. I mean, what a claim to fame, Simon. That would be that would be the dream scenario. You know, I love the UCI rules. So yeah, I mean, you like to break the rules with socks constantly, <laughs> kind of basically above your knees. I hear anyway. <laughs> and then finally, I think this is a really really nice one, and you know, like illustrates that you really genuinely do not need the greatest latest kit out there. We we all know that, but even at the the top of the world level, we're seeing. Uh, some teams using a bit of a mismatch of slightly older kit, and we love it. Yeah, that's right. And and occasionally we've kind of commented on the fact that you know you might see, for example, Team Astana. We occasionally see them using a kind of you know Altegra cassette rather than a Jura Ace cassette, and everyone goes, "Oh, that's a bit, that's a bit low rent." But um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you step just below the World Tour, and quite often in these early season races you know, there's a kind of continental level races where you'll get the World Tour teams invited to race against some of the smaller teams, you know, in the kind of smaller regions of France. And uh, there was one race, which I am going to mispronounce horrifically here, so apologies to any French people, but it is the uh, Etoile de Bessege. Sounded and convincing, Simon. It sounded convincing to us, but we don't speak French. So. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, there were, the start list was star-studded, to say the least, with, you know, riders like Geraint Thomas, Igan Bernal, and, you know, Vincenzo Nibali, Filippo Garner. But there were also teams, French continental teams riding, who apparently don't have access to even team-issue skin suits, time trial helmets for some of their riders. You know, they're riding bike, time trial bikes without integrated cables, shock horror. So, it, you know, I, I'm, not, see, I'm not pointing this out to kind of say that these teams are somehow naff or anything. It's simply that I think we always assume that the pros have an armory of the latest and greatest kit available to them. But actually, if you kind of, you know, take a step back from the very top level of the sport, it's simply not always the case. I kind of saying actually, you haven't mentioned it in the article, but I do wonder... You know, we wrote a couple of weeks back uh, a piece that looked into, it was more like UK centric, but looking at bike shortages in the UK to do with the pandemic, which is obviously affecting people globally, but Brexit here specifically. But I do wonder if, you know, as we get later into this year, let's say there are some new products out there, maybe Durace, maybe other, I, don't, I have no idea what could be launched later this year. Though... You, one would assume the very top-end teams will be kitted out with all the latest gear. I don't think it's that unusual or that um, uh, unbelievable to imagine that perhaps next year and the year after, these smaller teams who do typically have pretty much the same kit, I wouldn't be surprised if they're still on the older stuff in a few years' time just because the, the absolute volume of, of stuff they're buying 
is massive. Uh, and to try and fulfill a whole team's requirements as well as OEMs and co customers, um, I do wonder, it's one I'll keep my eye on, my beady little journalist's eye. Yeah, I think it's interesting. You know, another one of the things, uh, kind of pictures I put in the article was uh, Johan Lebon of uh, Team Cambodia Cycling Academy. And he was using a Dura Ace 9000 chain set, which was part of the group set originally launched back in 2012. Now, there's nothing wrong with that chain set. And when Shimano updated it for Durace 9100, they didn't really change much other than the kind of cosmetics. Which was but, a great shame because 9000 yes. was an incredible looking group set. Yes, it's a beautiful, beautiful chain set. But it's just, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, perhaps, you know, you know, coddled bike journalists like you and I are using <laughs> better kit than some of the pros out there, which, you know, seems a bit unfair. But maybe that just shows that we're more special. Well, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm slumming on rim brakes and a 105 shifter set on my bike, Simon. I don't like, you know, speak for oh, yourself. Oh, you're a man of the people. God, we sound so out of touch. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then we had one little final, just a little tasty tidbit for you. There's not a huge amount to say here, but we saw some absolutely wacky wheels on Team Cambodia Cycling Academy, which I apparently we'd reported on a few years ago on Bike Radar, but I'd somehow erased from my memory completely. Yeah, so there's by this Italian brand called Fluxos, which I had not heard of. And um, it's really difficult to describe it on the podcast. So, you know, I would implore you to go to bikeradar.com and uh, look at this article to see them. But they have a kind of radically changing rim depth. Uh, it's kind of like Zip's sawtooth rim profile, but it only happens kind of like four times around the rim. But also, like, the actual fins, they're like fins. They're non-structural, as far as I can see. You know, there's no spokes um, laced into them. It's literally just, like, like an, an aerofoil? Would you call it an aerofoil? I don't, yeah, it's kind of like an aerofoil. So, so there's a five-spoke version and then a more traditional spoked version of the wheel. But it, obviously, we haven't got high-resolution photos enough to see whether the spoke ends at the rim or whether it kind of goes through to... You know, where is it a kind of a fairing or whether is that mm. whole part of the rim is structural? I mean, they're really unlike anything we've ever seen. And like I said, they're by an Italian brand called Fluxos. And if you go to their website, they've kind of got all of this uh, spiel, which kind of basically says that they think they've reinvented the wheel. They're kind of, you know, having a go at Leonardo da Vinci, which, you know, it seems quite bold. Um, but then it also says coming soon 2018 and there isn't really any other info. So, you know, it's kind of one of those wild components that obviously, you know, it might just be that we've missed it because we're the English speaking press and in, in Italy, maybe these are you know really, really big news. But if anyone does know anything about them, do leave a comment on the article and let us know, because I would love to get a set of the five spoke wheels in for Matthew to test. <laughs> yeah, or just for you, the time trial, me the time trial, maybe. Yes. Uh, so that kind of rounds up our... our uh, like early insight into how the 2021 season is going to shape up tech-wise. There's bound to be some big launches on the horizon, but we don't know anything yet. And Bike Red will be the place to go when we do find out. However, we do have one little tiny piece that we should definitely cover off. Um, this was a story that today is uh, Thursday, so Wednesday evening. Um, it broke that. Canyon has issued a stop ride notice to current Air Road CFR and CF. SLX riders after Matthew Vanderpool's handlebar snapped during a race. Um, there was wild, wild speculation as soon as this happened. Um, and maybe Simon, given that you 
reviewed the latest generation of the Aero, do you might want to elaborate why? Yeah, so as you say, it's the kind of the handlebars off the newest, so that's the 2021 models of the Aeroad, uh, CFS, CFSLX and CFR. So those are the CP0018 and CP001515 cockpits. And uh, basically those are the ones with the kind of funky adjustable wings so that you can uh, travel with the bike more easily and uh, adjust the width. So just to be totally clear, it looks like a one-piece cockpit, but you've essentially got a stem in the middle that has two little, like a T-shaped stem, basically, mm -hmm. and the actual drops of a drop handlebar bolt onto either side with two bolts on both sides, if I remember correctly, maybe three. Um, two bolts on either side. Two bolts on either side. So you can make it narrow wider, but you can also take it apart, as Simon says, to travel. And also it makes things much easier for Canyon for boxing the bikes. Absolutely, yeah. And so, and you know, obviously I think we're, you know, when when everyone when it was kind of announced, people it caused a bit of a stir because I don't think anyone has ever really done anything like that. And it's a kind of you know, it's quite an interesting solution because obviously the typical drawback of an integrated handlebar is that you can't adjust it for fit. Now, obviously, we all know that the advantages are that it's more aerodynamic, but it's kind of you know there's always been a kind of is it worth it if you can't adjust it for fit? Now, when I tested it personally, I didn't have any problems with uh, the adjustable width thing. I I took out the bolt, set it to the narrowest setting, <laughs> did, did them up tight and never thought about it again. And, you know, I'm obviously not a, I'm not a big burly guy. I'm, you know, 183 centimeters tall. I weigh about 64 kilos. So I don't put massive stress on bikes. I guess Van der Poel was probably 10, 10 or so kilos heavier than me and puts out probably twice as much power. I was going to say, he's also a, you know, <laughs> the, one of the best athletes full stop in the world. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it is worth pointing out that the uh, the failure that happened with Matthew van der Poel's handlebar doesn't appear to have been anything to do with the kind of adjustable width. And I think, you know, there's been some speculation online that it was due to the a kind of non-standard uh, shifter clamp that Canyon is is using. And I think they've been using that because the kind of the handlebar is, isn't, it's not a round shape on the drops. And so they, they couldn't use a standard Shimano one, but. Yeah, it's kind of like a more squared off kind of shape. Um, but what was interesting is that Shimano explicitly or expressly says you shouldn't be changing the shifter clamp to anything, but you know, what they use. Um, whether that's related to the recall or not, we don't know, but we'll find out soon. Yeah, and, it, and it's also, I think, as other people who have kind of reported on this have said, it's also important to point out that we don't know whether Canyon ran this by Shimano or not. You know, it, it may be that they did say to Shimano, can we use this clamp? And Shimano said, yes, that would be fine. But we, we just don't know yet. I should also correct myself because I said recall. There is no recall. It's a stop riding notice. Um, if you are a rider who has bought one of the bikes and you're unsure, do check canyon.com. But also we've got the story on bikeradar.com if you prefer to read it there. Um, I'll be curious to see how that kind of pans out. Um, and in the meantime, don't ride it. But also, the pros aren't riding it. They're back on the previous generation, Air Road, and the Ultimate, depending on whatever they're up to. So we will wait and see. Well, thank you very much, Simon. What are you going to have for your dinner tonight? I think we're having chicken pie. Oh, lovely. How very tasty. What about you? Mm. Uh, we, we rode back from Ikea last night with a big box in the front of the bike and got back quite late. Oh, I'm I sure thought, everyone's seen that on your st Instagram oh, story. Yeah, yeah, you should have. If you don't follow me, why are you uh, listening? Jack, where, where can they follow you, Jack? 
Uh, Instagram. Oh, I, I don't want to shamelessly um, <laughs> self-promote. But anyway, I felt quite hungry and tired last night, so we ended up having a, a little cheeky pizza takeaway. So tonight, I think it will be back on the um, back on the salad. Lovely. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Simon, uh, and thank you to my neighbours for for the first time in about four weeks not making any noise while I've been trying to do some work. <laughs> That's really novel. <laughs> uh, don't forget to subscribe to the Bike Rider podcast wherever you get it. Please leave comments. We always love hearing your feedback on the article that will be associated with this podcast on bikeradar.com. And thank you, Simon, for being such a great colleague and a good friend. Oh, likewise, Jack. It's always a pleasure. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for listening to the Bike Radar podcast. If you want any more information on what we've been talking about or more news and views on cycling, check out bikeradar.com. Bye.